things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you as I love to do several times a week. Wherever you can find your free podcast, you can find No Mercy with yours truly. We're here in my L.A. studios, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Also, gold is the silver bullet for protecting and building your wealth. Call my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. At 866-257-3080. That's 866-257-3080. Or download your free investing kit by visiting them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. It's a lot of stuff to get into today because obviously it's Friday and it's the time that I do my necessary takes. It's an opportunity for me to touch on a potpourri of subjects. Some I may have touched on, some I may have failed to touch on earlier in the week, but I make sure to close out the week in stellar fashion by letting y'all know what is on my mind. And obviously, before I do go any further, as I've said on many cases, stealing the line from one of my favorite all-time sitcoms, Martin, meaning Martin Lawrence, Stevie A. Love the Kids. He sure does. Now, that's not to say when I talk about my man, Kenny Beecham, I'm not talking about him as if he's some kid. The man is a 26 year old man. You understand what I'm saying? It's just that I'm considerably older. I'm considerably older. OK, I got about almost 30 years. So uh, compared to me, he's a young pup. But guess something. Guess what else, ladies and gentlemen? He's a stellar young pup. I loved having him on the show and I want to take some time to give a special shout out to him for joining me on this No Mercy podcast and talking some basketball. First of all, the brother knows his basketball. There's no question about that. He may have been wrong about a couple of things like having the audacity, the unmitigated goal to challenge my top five list of the guys under the most pressure. I sort of reeled him in a little bit, got him on that Kawhi Leonard. I had to explain that to him, okay? We know James Harden belonged on the list. We know CP3 belonged on the list. We know the reigning two-time league MVP, that is Nikola Jokic. He belongs on the list. Hell, Joel Embiid might belong on the list, but you can't leave off Kawhi Leonard. And now that Paul George has got himself injured, there's even more pressure on Kawhi Leonard. He's going to have to step up, answer the call, answer the bell. We all know that. Kenny had to sit up there and rethink his thought process when it came to challenging me on that. But here's the reality of the situation. In all seriousness, I didn't know much about the kid. I had heard a lot about the kid, did my research on him. KOT 4Q, you know, it's king of the fourth quarter. That's his social media handle, okay? That's just one of five YouTube channels that he has. The kid works hard. He puts in that work. He's on that grind. And more importantly than that, at age 26, being recognized by somebody that I dare say is more established is an incredibly important thing. And it really, really touched me in a certain way, because to be quite honest with y'all, um, 
It's what was done for me. If you go read my book, Straight Shooter, which is a New York Times bestseller, and I've been very blessed and fortunate to have y'all support on that, and I really, really appreciate that. I talk about a, a plethora of stories. I talk about the seventh grade teacher who told my mother I wasn't a dummy when I walked around feeling like I was a dummy because I got left back and held back for the entire fourth grade. I talk about, you know, being a, a young professional, but before that, being a college student, aspiring to be a professional journalist and being given an assignment to go over to Wake Forest soccer. And I didn't know a damn thing about soccer until a man that's now deceased. His name was Walt Chiswitz, the coach of the number three ranked team in the nation, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons at the time, sit up there and took it upon himself to force himself and his team to give me unfiltered access to all of them, to teach me the sport of God, the sport of soccer, I'm sorry, so I could turn around and write an outstanding article that ultimately spearheaded my career in the sports journalism. That doesn't happen without Walt Chiswich. Before that, prior to that, am I even in Winston-Salem if Coach Gaines didn't see something special in me? It damn sure wasn't as a basketball player because even though I could ball in the streets, that's entirely different than playing organized basketball. Coach Gaines saw something in me that extended beyond the court of play. He saw something in me that said to him, this kid has the potential to really, really make a difference. He didn't have to do that. Former financial aid director Theodore Heinzman chewing me out and calling me on the carpet for betraying him, betraying the school, betraying myself by quitting just because I suffered an injury and I decided to go home instead of stay there where I would have been given an academic scholarship. These kind of moments that take place throughout somebody's life are the kind of things that shape who you are and shape what you ultimately aspire to become. It really defines what your character is made of and what it can potentially be made of if you're guided by the right people and you're focused and you care enough not just to be all you could be for you, but to be all you could be for them as well who showed their faith in you. And I got to tell you something. When I was in college and before I graduated and I knew I was going to be a professional journalist, I asked Coach Gaines one day, the late, great Clarence Big House Gaines, God rest his soul, what did he ultimately want from me? And I thought he was going to say, just be successful and be the best that you could be. You know what Coach Gaines said to me? It doesn't mean a damn thing if you don't give back. Don't ever forget where you came from. Don't ever forget HBCUs. That's historically black colleges and universities. Don't ever forget those kids on the come up who want to be everything that you want to be now and more. And just like somebody helped you, you help them. And so when I looked at Kenny and I'm listening to this young brother talking and talking about the game of basketball with his wizardry, with his intelligence, the fact that he has five YouTube channels, that he's on his grind, that he's putting in that work every day. What are we talking about here? I got these numbers right here in front of me. 1.3 million YouTube subscribers on a KOT4Q channel. 446 and a half thousand Twitter followers, 174,000 Instagram followers. Are you listening to this? You know what kind of work this brother is putting in on a day in, day out basis? That's why I wasn't joking when I said it isn't the last time he's going to see me. I'm going to have him back on this podcast. That's why I wasn't joking when I said not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to bring you on First Take. First Take is my television show on ESPN, which airs every weekday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time is the number one sports show in the morning for 11 and a half years and counting. And I told this young brother that he will be on. And ladies and gentlemen, 
I don't break my word. Kenny Beecham's coming on first take. I'm going on vacation next week. Kenny Beecham will be on when I get off vacation. I'm going to bring him on in the month of April. And guess what else? He ain't the only one. Because he ain't the only one striving to do the things that he's doing. He's special. He's one of the elite at it. I give that young brother a lot of props and a lot of love. And he's going to always have my support. But let me tell y'all something. He isn't the only one. Because I've always been one to reach back and extend a helping hand to those on the come up. And there's a lot of you out there who want to do what I do, who want to be in the world of sports journalism, who want to be on TV talking about basketball and baseball and football and beyond. And guess what? If you got this kind of talent and you got this kind of focus and this kind of determination, and I've got proof that you're willing to put in that work and to be on your grind and to help yourself build a following in whatever field that you're in. If it's relevant to what I'm doing, I'm going to do my best to try and give you some shine because that is the true reason I'm here. I've been very, very blessed. I'm kind of successful. I'm on national television. I'm making a decent salary. I'm well known and I'm 55 years old. I've accomplished a lot in life. I intend to accomplish to accomplish a lot more in life. OK, but the reality of the situation is I'm closer to the finish line than I am to the starting line. So at the end of the day, you know what it really comes down to? Do you understand if you're Stephen A. Smith that there is no success without a successor? I'm always looking to help. And if you're worthy and you're deserving, I can't promise that to everybody. I ain't got room to help every damn body now. But I'm going to do the best that I can to recognize the Kenny Beecham's of the world that are out there. And no, no matter where they are, but it starts with him. He should be an inspiration to a lot of you young cats out there, male and female, who are aspiring to do the kind of things you see me doing on television. You see guys like Ryan Clark at ESPN and Michael Irvin and Swagoo, Marcus Spears, the Dan Orlovskis of the world, the Kimberly Martins of the world, the Mina Kimes of the world, the Molly Karams of the world, the Monica McNutts of the world. It ain't just the fellas, it's the females too, because I got news for you. Kimberly knows her, her football. So does Mina Kimes. Monica McNutts knows her basketball. So does Shanae Ogumake, who's on NBA Today every week. The list goes on and on and on. If you're not doing something in my position to help those on the come up, what the hell are you worth? That's why I wanted to take time to start out this podcast, this particular episode, giving love to Kenny Beecham. I'm proud of that brother. And I can't wait to have him on first take so he can show the world what he's made of. I'm looking forward to it. As promised, he will be on first take in the month of April. I called the bosses just like I promised. I asked for permission because I don't own ESPN. I do have bosses. I have to answer the people. They have given the okay for Kenny Beecham, king of the fourth quarter. They've given permission for him to come on live national television in April. And I'll decide whether I want him back for more than that. <laughs> I probably will. So I just wanted to take some time to give him some love and to let y'all know that. OK, another person I want to give love to is a man whose name needs no introduction. Hell, we don't even have to say his name. We know who he is with two letters. It's MJ. And oh, by the way, you know that when we say MJ, 
And it means Michael Jordan instead of Michael Jackson. You know how big time Michael Jordan must be. God rest Michael Jackson's wonderful soul. Michael Jordan made news. A few days ago. It was revealed. That he's considering selling a majority portion. Of the Charlotte Hornets franchise. For those of you who don't know, Michael Jordan is the only black owner, majority owner in the National Basketball Association. So in that regard, I'm not happy that he's considering doing this. It's not etched in stone that it's going to happen, although I believe it is going to happen. His majority stake of the team, if it's sold, is reportedly going to be for an excess of $1.7 billion, I think it'll be over $2 billion my, myself. I think the Charlotte Bobcats in this day and age, considering the price of an NBA franchise, they're all going for over $3 billion at this particular point. I think the Phoenix Suns will sell for over $4 billion. So certainly Michael Jordan in the city of Charlotte is going to get about $3 billion. That stake is scheduled to be sold, or should I say people have been speculating it's going to be sold, to Gabe Plotkin's Jump Management Group. Um, remember, um, a stake was already sold to him in 2019. He'll be in a position to get a majority stake. If you recall, back in 2010, Michael Jordan purchased the franchise uh, from former BET founder um, Bob Johnson for about $180 million. He only put up for about 40 to 50 million of his own money. Um, he didn't have to put up more than that. But you're talking about making a 40 to 50 million dollar investment and walking away with about two billion dollars. That's what we're talking about here. Now, for those of you who want to sit up there and jump on Michael Jordan. Let me first say I recognize where you're coming from. Under Jordan, the Hornets record. At the time of this podcast, under his stewardship is three ninety six and five forty five. That's only a 42% winning percentage. Last time they reached the playoffs, it was in the 2015-2016 season. In his 13 years as the owner, he's had six different coaches. We understand that. We understand how people got on him because he drafted Adam Morrison out of Gonzaga instead of Brandon Roy. I'm not going to knock him for the drafting Kimball Walker over Klay Thompson or Kawhi Leonard. Who the hell knew that was going to happen? Now, Kawhi Leonard's a different animal, but coming out of San Diego State, come on now, he wasn't that dude. And Klay Thompson, even though he was a sniper and what have you, you wanted a guy that you could put the ball in his hands from that point guard spot. And Kimball Walker was no scrub before his knees gave out. Kimball Walker was averaging 28 a night. And his breakdown ability was unrivaled. I mean, I won't say it was unrivaled because there is a Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry and Chris Paul and people like that in the league. But... Kimball Walker was a bad ball player, meaning bad as in good. Now, obviously, you can knock him for Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I mean, when you draft him over Bradley Beal or Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, hell, nobody can applaud that. Okay, and let's not forget Kwame Brown, number one overall pick in 2001. We ain't got to go there. Here's what I would say to you. You can bring all of that up for Michael Jordan. Those are facts that cannot be denied. Here's what you can't deny. As well, the NBA isn't what it is today if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are responsible for the global iconic brand that the NBA is today. If it were not for them, it never would have happened. They were the ones who built the sport on their backs. They were the ones who made it comfortable 
for the masses in America to embrace the NBA product coming into their living room live and in living color as opposed to on tape delay. They were the ones that turned the NBA into a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. That was them. Make no mistake about it. Shaq, Kobe, AI, Vince Carter, you know, Elijah Wan, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Ewing, and everybody else in between all came after. I want to give love to the bad boy Pistons who led by Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumas and those boys too because they interrupted the proceedings because the Lakers, the 80s would have been dominated by the Celtics and the Lakers if it were not for those, for, for the Pistons. But Jordan was an individual juggernaut that couldn't be denied. But on a personal level, as somebody who knows Michael Jordan, who loves Michael Jordan, that is my brother. My brother, root dog, you know what time it is. Here's the deal. One of the things that I would ask people to consider before we're ultra critical of this dude is to understand that Michael Jordan ruined a lot of careers. There's a whole bunch of people that never won because of Michael Jordan. You could sit, you could sit up there and say Ewing in the Knicks, Reggie Miller in the Pacers, Barkley with Phoenix. Clyde Drexler and those boys with Portland. GP, Gary Payton, and Sean Kemp with Seattle. You could bring up all of those names. Beat the Lakers, too. First title, Vlade Divac, Magic Johnson, and those. You could bring up the Lakers, too. But in the end, here's what it comes down to. The players weren't the only careers that he messed with. How about executives? You know how many executives Michael Jordan denied an opportunity to hoist the championship trophy? Once Michael Jordan became an owner, how many people you think were interested in helping him do business? They were ready to abuse him at every turn because they couldn't do anything against him on the basketball court. They'd build one franchise after another. It didn't matter. He'd take them down. How about Mark Price and Larry Nance and those boys in Cleveland with Greg e Craig Elo? Remember that? They were a championship caliber team in the late 80s. They couldn't get past Jordan. The list goes on and on. Pay attention to all of that. Take all of that into consideration and then take into consideration the fact that you're talking about the Jordan brand. You're talking about a billion dollar conglomerate itself. That he had to protect over the years. I'm making the claim before y'all, and I've said this on many occasions and everybody's free to disagree, except you were young whippersnappers that might not understand it. Listen to the elder here. When you are the kind of public figure that Michael Jordan was, and to some degree still is, never free to walk the streets, had to protect every element of your privacy because God forbid a false rumor, and there were many, could compromise your overall Jordan brand and stuff like that. Did it ever occur to anybody else that Michael Jordan when hiring people and surrounding himself with an inner sanctum or an inner sanctuary, he wasn't free to just pick the best basketball candidates and the best basketball minds. He had to pick people he could personally trust. That had to take precedent and priority because the overall Jordan brand had to be protected. I believe that firmly got in the way. Remember one year when they made the playoffs, Larry Brown was his coach, the great Larry Brown, the Hall of Famer Larry Brown, who 
is from the same university as Jordan, both North Carolina dudes. And then Larry Brown went off one year and was talking about, I wouldn't even pay to see this team and all of this other stuff before Jordan had to let him go. Trust is everything to him. To the point where one could easily argue it interfered with basketball decisions. And so based on what I just explained to all of y'all, as sad as I am, or I'll be, if indeed he sells a majority stake in this franchise, which means there will need there will be no black majority owner in the National Basketball Association. It's already not one in the National Football League. It's already not one in Major League Baseball or the National Hockey League. Don't get me started. As sad as I would be over that reality, I got to confess. I won't be too bothered if he sells. It's a virtually impossible task. If you're Jordan with the Jordan brand, understanding the importance of protecting that because that truly is your cash cow. I totally understand. Why this might not be for him anymore. Why this might have never been for him in the first place. I get it. Even if most of you don't. Got a lot more to get into. Trust me when I say that. A whole lot more to get into. I mean, anything from Trump to brothels in Las Vegas offering an NFL player free sex for life. To the U.S. ban on TikTok. Oh, I got a lot of stuff to get into. Don't touch that doll. Stick around. There's no mercy with your boy, Stephen A. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Oh. Welcome back to No Mercy. You know, forgive me for, for laughing. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how to, how do you talk about a story like this? I'll try. I'll try. Okay. I am a professional at all, but I got to admit to you, I mean, certain stories make me laugh. Um, as a journalist, you strive to be objective. You strive to be somebody that's impartial. Uh, that's unaffected by the stuff that you read and you cover and stuff like that. And but as things make you sad and you show a level of sadness as it pertains to those stories, when certain things make you laugh and you find humorous, dare I say comical, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if you watch me on television, when it comes to the former quarterback for the New England Patriots, the former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, who's now the new quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders, his name is Jimmy Garoppolo. You will know if you watch me talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, I have a name for him. It's called Porn Star Jimmy. That's what I call him. Called Porn Star Jimmy. It ain't an insult. It's not an insult. Okay, it's not an insult. But I call him porn star Jimmy because in the year 2018, after he signed on with the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo decides that he wants to go out on a date in the middle of Beverly Hills with a porn star. Her name was Kiara Mia. I looked it up. You understand? And 
I, I mean, I even looked at the restaurant. The name of the restaurant was Avra. It's right there in Beverly Hills. Right on Beverly Hills Drive. You know what I'm saying? Right, right down the block, y'all. I mean, it's right down the block somewhere here in L.A., okay? It's right there. That's where he took her. Now, usually when people go out with porn stars and you happen to be a public figure, particularly one representing one of the sports leagues, in this case, the National Football League, that's something you try to keep on the DL, the hush-hush. Oh, no, not porn star Jimmy. <laughs> that's Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I called them porn star Jimmy, okay? And evidently, I'm not the only one that views him that way. And again, it's not an insult. I just want to be very, very clear. I'm not insulting the man. I'm not criticizing the man. I'm just stating it how it is. This brother just signed a three-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. And before he got an opportunity to get to the bathroom, a brothel in Vegas has offered him free sex for life. Free sex for life. He don't have to worry about courting anybody. He don't have to go out on any dates. He don't, and he don't even have to pay for free. It's all for free. I even got their names for you. Because you know I looked it up, right? You know I looked it up. <laughs> you know I looked it up. I even got their names for you. The two ladies who offered themselves up are Caitlin Bell. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Alice Little of the famous Chicken Ranch Brothel. This is according to TMZ Sports. It's called TMZ, all right? Quote, they're really excited. The quote-unquote hothrob is moving to their neck of the woods after inking a, th a three-year deal with the Raiders last week. They are licensed workers because brothels are legal and Nevada, evidently. I mean, I didn't know that. I have no clue about these things. I just read it. You know what I'm saying? Just read it. But it's it, they're licensed workers. They want to show Jimmy G just how grateful they are that he's elected to come to Vegas. Another report said the offer seems right up with Garoppolo's alley. <laughs> It seems right up his alley. I mean, I guess no pun intended. You know what I'm saying? I don't know now. Okay. All I can say is, uh, uh, Jimmy G. He's Jimmy G. Porn star Jimmy evidently applies. No word, however, on whether or not he's accepted their offer. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Ain't in Beverly Hills. But Vegas ain't far, about a 45-minute flight away. And there's plenty of restaurants down the strip. I guess he'll be seen eventually. With whom? We have no idea. <laughs> Stay tuned. He ain't winning on the football field. A lot of people don't assume that. I'll leave it to y'all to determine whether or not he's actually winning off the field. No Mercy in the House with Stephen A. Back with more. <laughs> in a minute.
Did you know that last year the S&P 500 went down 20%? Bitcoin went down almost 60%. But gold not only didn't lose money, but went up a few percentage points. So far this year, gold has been steadily rising and silver is up almost 30% in the last six months. Experts predict gold will continue to skyrocket this year and you don't want to miss out. That's because gold protects you from inflation and market volatility. Gold and silver should be a part of every balanced investment portfolio. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when it comes to investing in precious metals. What I like about LPM is they have an education first approach. Making investing decisions can be overwhelming, but their team takes the time to answer all of your questions and give recommendations based on your personal situation. Call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com to download your free investing guide. Don't leave your finances to chance. Be informed. Contact my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, doing my necessary takes this week is unavoidable to address the whole Donald Trump situation. Um, speaking of porn stars, uh, not that somebody in a brothel is considered a porn star, a licensed worker from a porn star. I understand the difference. But nevertheless, it's important to point out that let's just say people who profit off of having sex. How about that? Is that, comp- is that comparable? I think it is. Um, we all know the story by now. Donald Trump announced to the world um, on his truth social platform that he was expecting to be arrested this past Tuesday um, in a hush money payment to porn star Stormy Daniels. Uh, predictably, it didn't happen. We were warned prior to that, that nobody in his camp had been told that an arrest was imminent. Uh, we know that the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Braggs uh, swore that he would not be intimidated, et cetera, et cetera, because he saw that Trump was playing games. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you something right now. If you really, really read between the tea leaves, could Trump end up getting arrested? Sure. It's not an accident that Trump has told friends reportedly. He's told friends and associates that he welcomes the idea of being paraded by the authorities through a prong of reporters and news cameras in handcuffs. There's a reason for that. Trump is a master at drawing attention to himself, using social media and news outlets to pull it off. The more he's in the news, the more to galvanize his base. If his base is galvanized, okay, that is a problem for the Republican Party because either he wins the Republican nomination and gets beat by Democrats because there's a whole bunch of people out there who are independents who will join the Democrats just to keep him out of office because they don't want the noise and the mayhem that his presidency could potentially cause. Okay, so I believe he'd lose the election to the Democrats or he doesn't mind at all because guess what? By galvanizing his constituency, his base, he's going to be able to raise campaign dollars and he's going to be able to divide the party, which will put the Republican Party at his mercy, where he holds a strong position of power, even if he's not the president. This is not something he's beyond exercising. He's beyond being calculating about. 
It's very, very simple. Look at how he's baited Ron DeSantis, the Florida, the governor of Florida, into going tit for tat with him. He sits down that Ron DeSantis I'm talking about. He sits down and he does some interview with Pierce Morgan. And he's talking about Donald Trump and he's comparing himself to Donald Trump. And he's talking about how civility and adult behavior and true leadership and true winning is on his side as opposed to Donald Trump feeding right into what Donald Trump wanted him to do. Sure enough, Donald Trump's numbers raise in the polls. His doesn't. It's not an accident. Now, do I think that'll last? No. Do I think ultimately DeSantis will be formidable? Yes. But for the moment, Trump accomplished it because you got to guess, you got to remember something, ladies and gentlemen, everybody is out there campaigning, whether it's Nikki Haley, whether it's Mike Pompeo, whether it's former vice president, Mike Pence, the list goes on and on. You've got these candidates that are out there front and center trying to draw attention to themselves. And in some cases, paying dollars in order to pull it off because they're trying to generate campaign dollars. Trump doesn't have to do all of that. He gets attention for free. Because he does something obnoxious, something crazy, something amoral, or at least questionably moral. And what does he does? He's paraded all over the headlines. The front pages, the political sections, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, L.A. Times, New York Daily News, New York Post. List goes on and on. It's nonstop. And that doesn't even take into the equation social media. He's been restored on Twitter. He's been restored on YouTube. He's got his own truth social account. Or truth social platform. He's got everything available to him. And he doesn't have to pay a dime to draw attention to himself. The polls have him as the leading Republican candidate. All of this plays right into his hands. This is what Chris Cuomo was talking about when he came on the show Monday. He was talking about how it's a gift for Trump. Because the case against him is relatively weak. Who, who really, really thinks anything is going to happen to Trump over allegedly paying hush money to a porn star? You really, really think that a Republican candidate is going to be, I'm sorry, a presidential candidate is going to be neutralized over something like that? You think you're going to be able to stop Trump over that? You couldn't get him for Russian collusion. You impeached him twice. That wasn't enough to stop him. He took secret documents from the White House and brought it to Mar-a-Lago. That didn't stop him. Potentially putting some spies and other folks in danger, allegedly, because we don't know what kind of documents, what kind of secret documents he had in his possession. None of that got him. But you think hush money in the amount of $130,000 to a porn star is going to stop him. He knows better. That's why he's not worried. That's why Chris Cuomo called it a gift. And Chris Cuomo also took the time to remind us that, excuse me, you don't have to. Be even you don't have to even be a free citizen to run for the presidency. You can do it from jail. And none of us believe Trump is going to jail over this. So what are we doing here? What are we wasting our time with? It's kind of embarrassing when you really, really think about it. And oh, by the way. For those of you who are wondering. Could he run for president from jail? 
It's actually been done before. You know, the criteria is that you got to be 35 years of age, a United States citizen and in the United States for at least the last 14 years. You know that, right? Residency in the United States for at least the last 14 years. You do know that, right? That's it. And in case you were wondering if somebody could run for president from jail, I'm reading from my notes here because I got the best researchers in the business. They alerted me to this fact. Eugene Debs, Eugene Debs ran for president of the United States in 1920 when he was in prison. Serving a sentence for violation of the 1917 Espionage Act, he still received 915,000 votes. From prison. Prison. Take it a step further. Eugene Debs delivered a public speech that incited his audience to interfere with military recruitment during World War One. He was indicted for violating the Espionage Act of 1917 for allegedly attempting to cause insubordination and refusal of duty in the U.S. military. According to reports, he was pretty close to a socialist. And obviously, that's not something America was feeling in the 1920s. Nor in the 1950s with McCarthy. They might be thinking about it now with Bernie Sanders, but that's a different subject for another day. In the end, that's what we're talking about here. Trump could be arrested, could be indicted, could be incarcerated and still run for the presidency. And we all know he's not going to be incarcerated over hush money to a porn star for $130,000. Just stop it. Stop wasting our time with this BS. Let's get down to business, please. Or talking about stuff that's really, really important. that really matters. That's really substantive. That really have the potential to make a difference. For example, how about what the hell is going on with TikTok? In case y'all don't know, there's about 150 million people in the United States of America that use the TikTok app. 150 million people. When you consider the kind of business that involves, why the hell would the U.S. want it banned? Why would the United States want TikTok banned? Here's the thing. Even though TikTok is a 100% Chinese app, did you know that it's actually blocked in China? I find that to be a tad bit odd, don't you? I think so. TikTok has two versions to be more precise and accurate. One exclusively for use in China. It's called Douyin, D-O-U-Y-I-N, D-O-U-Y-I-N. They have that for China and then another one for the rest of the world. What's the difference, you might ask? Although they're owned by the same company, China's version of TikTok offers child friendly, a child friendly version. With educational videos and a time limit, neither of which is offered in the United States of America. I think that's a good reason to ban them. Now, I got two teenage daughters. I can't get them off TikTok. I snatch their phones. I keep their phones away from them when I'm around. I tell them, look, get the hell off TikTok. Off social media, period. But I'm not around them 24-7. And in today's day and age, so many things makes it damn near impossible to parent without 
tremendous assistance from your community. Back in our day, the community used to help raise a kid. Not anymore. Every man and woman for himself. It seems that way anyway. And this is the latest example of it. According to an Associated Press article dated February 27th, the White House is giving U.S. federal agencies 30 days to delete TikTok from all government issued devices. Congress, the White House, U.S. Armed Forces and more than half of the United States had already banned TikTok amid concerns that its parent company, ByteDance, that's B-Y-T-E, Dance, would give user data such as browsing history and location to the Chinese government or push propaganda and misinformation on its behalf. I don't know if y'all notice or not, TikTok CEO Xiao Chu, S-H-O-U made his first appearance before Congress on Thursday and was immediately hit by intense criticism from lawmakers, including calls for the app to be banned. That's what some lawmakers wanted. In his opening comments, Chu attempted to stress TikTok's independence from China and played up its U.S. ties. Quote, TikTok itself is not available in mainland China. We're headquartered in Los Angeles and Singapore, and we have 7,000 employees in the United States today. Here's my point. I don't care because I go back to what I said earlier. Why is it that you have a version for China that's not available for anybody else? Why is it that your version is child, there's a child friendly version of your TikTok in China that includes educational videos and a time limit so kids can't spend hours upon hours a day on TikTok? Why is that denied? When you talk about education videos and time limit, that's accepted, but it's denied in the United States. It's denied everywhere else. As far as I'm concerned, if you're in the United States, you don't have to get specific. This is the reason we don't want TikTok in the United States of America. We want the TikTok you have in China. If it's not good enough for you to have in China, what the hell you got in here with us for? Why do you have no time limits, nor educational videos on our TikTok version, but you got it on yours? See, this is the problem. And when you're doing business, whether it's with China or anybody else, what you should insist upon is that our citizens be subjected to the same treatment that your citizens are subjected to. Otherwise, we can't trust you. And if we can't trust you, we can't trust your product. And if we can't trust your product, we can't do business with your product. It's very simple. It's not that damn complicated. If I'm in the United States, that's the position I take. It's very, very simple. I don't like TikTok that much to begin with, and I have a TikTok account. I'm not stupid enough to get rid of it because I understand it's beneficial to me to some degree, but I'm an adult. To kids out there who may not know any better, China knows that, but you don't have educational videos. China knows that, but you don't have time limits on the use of TikTok. I know how to police myself. I'm an adult. But what's subjected to kids? You would think that any country would care enough to have stipulations and barriers placed on these apps everywhere, just like it is in their own country. As far as I'm concerned, the fact that that's not a reality shows yet again that trusting China is a questionable proposition. Simply because the United States and everywhere else should be subjected to the same product 
China permeates in its own country. Very simple. Certain things ain't that damn complicated. That's it for this episode of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Thank you for joining me. Glad I got all of that off my chest. I'll be back at the end of the weekend, but I'm going to watch some NCAA tournament games because you know I'm addicted to my basketball. That's why I started off this episode talking about Kenny Beecham and all the youngsters out there that I'm planning on bringing on this podcast. Got to watch my basketball. Got to watch my basketball. Hope y'all enjoy your weekend as much as I intend to. Until Monday, peace and love, everybody. I'll holla. You don't have to know sports to know mercy, but it helps to know sports because you know a lot when you know that much. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.